Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 749 for October 29th, 2022. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Bouchatz, and I'm going to let him introduce today's topic. Okay, well, technically, I want to talk to you about understanding cybersecurity, as in the bad guys. Get into their head, and then no matter how often they change their technique, you're still protected. Because if, you, if you're in their head, you're going to win. That's the basic thesis I have. We're going to learn what the bad actors are all about, not specifics about, you know, click this, don't do this, do this. More understanding. Exactly, exactly because the, the specific what changes all the time. It goes stale, like, you know, like bread. Whereas the why doesn't go stale. Because the bad guys, when we did our first ever security bits in... 1782 or whenever it was <laughs> they wanted to steal your money the bad guys in 2022 they want to steal your money so a awful lot has actually stayed the same even though really specific advice has gone terribly stale well i suppose some things have evolved away for example vandalism was a thing the bad actors used to do and vandalism, it isn't that much of a deal anymore it's vandalism but only uh, in terms of uh like doing um ransomware it's less popular yeah yeah so but that's evolution over 25 30 years right you have a shift in who is the most popular baddie but the same baddies are still about because the vandalism stuff is very much about showing off and it used to be that most of the the stuff happening online was kids showing off to each other they're still showing Mm -hmm. off to each other but now it's a multi-billion with a b dollar industry and that slightly dwarfs the kids that are still showing off to each other. Okay, right, right, right. So we aren't going to learn this is what a phishing attack for, about PayPal looks like. We're going to find no. out why someone would do that in the first place and what, what the motivations are in the background? Yes, and the hope is that it will instill a sense of informed, ever-present vigilance. Because if you know there's someone out to trick you and you know what they're trying to achieve, it's much harder to be fooled. You will be fooled okay. because we all are, right? We've talked, you and I have talked about this before. I've been fished, you've been fished, it will happen to us. But we do have a better chance if we, you know, if we have our eyes open. <laughs> so there's a call to action to the audience for this one because you're, you're going to do something a little unusual here. And I, th- I think it could be cool. Yeah, so there's kind of an interesting, it's one of those things where two things happen at once that burst into an idea. So actually, so the people who are on our Slack and our Facebook know that I'm in a really good mood because I worked really hard for promotion in work and I managed to get myself across the line in the end. So what's your new title, Bart? I was going to say my last day as a sysadmin was Friday and my first day as Maynooth University's cybersecurity specialist is on Tuesday, because we have a holiday weekend. Woohoo! So, so excited for you, Bart. This is well-deserved, and man, they made you work for it. <sighs> yes, Sweat. Look, makes it all the sweeter. It makes it all the sweeter when I got the call to say, would you like the job? I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was excited. So just to give the people a little bit of background, they had Bart go through this grueling interview process, and, and then at the end, they decided to pick nobody. And yeah, then they and said, we'll try again button. later. Yeah, they and tweaked then, the job spec a bit and then made me do it again. Yeah. Well, but, they didn't uh, make but, me. I chose to. I think that probably changed it from, I'll probably get this to, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, I hope I get this. 
So the victory was maybe even sweeter having been tortured once before. Possibly. Also made me a heck of a lot better prepared. I'll tell you something. My second interview was a hell of a lot better than my first. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, so anyway, so how does that feed into what we're doing here? Well, so they made me do a five minute presentation, which is I'll, I'll be. I'll just say it. I said it. I said it to my manager. It's evil. Five minutes is an evil amount of time. And the the topic was the the cybersecurity, the education cybersecurity landscape. So, so describe the cybersecurity landscape for the education sector in five minutes. <laughs> I did it. Uh, you know, and I, I actually was quite proud of my slides at the end. But as I was doing it, I kept on having a second thought in my head. Well, this is for education, but what about for regular folk? And I could hear your voice in my head, you know, thinking about you know the stuff we talk about in security bits. And that was in my mind, and I was thinking about it. And then I got an email from one of the Mac user groups in the UK saying, can you give us a talk? And we'd like it to be on security. So I put the two together. So okay. I, had, I said, yes, I'll give you a talk about cybersecurity. Uh, and now I have to actually come up with a topic. And I'm pretty sure that... The same. So instead of describing the education security landscape, describe it for regular folk, like all of us, right? Even those of us who are in education, we're also regular folk, and we all have family, we all have friends. We all live in a world surrounded by technology and surrounded by bad guys who'd like to use that technology to get at stuff of ours we don't want them to have. I'm going to give you feedback right now. Try to say bad actors. Yeah, that, as opposed to bad guys. I went through my actual slide deck. So there's the other. That's the other thing. So because this is intended to become a talk to a Mac user group, I rather than writing show notes as English. Well, no, they are in English. Um, they're not, it's not like they're in German. <laughs> uh, but as <laughs> as a you know markdown document, I've done them as PowerPoint so that at least when it comes to getting my stuff together for the presentation, it will be in PowerPoint. And the whole way through the slides, I never ever said the word bad guy or good guy. I always said baddies and goodies. And my darling beloved gave me feedback. He's like, why are you saying baddies? That sounds so childish. Why not bad guys? And I was like, because I don't want to say guy. <laughs> but you can't say bad, bad actor. I could, but that sounds awful that formal. Is... So I'm trying to get away okay, from it. Okay, well, as long as it's not guys, I'll be happy. But uh, so yeah, part of what... I've gone with. So part of what Bart wants from this uh, discussion that we're going to have is, does it hit home to you as as a home user, as a, a good topic or a good subject or the way it's being presented, useful to the home user. So yes. we'd like to get some feedback. The best way is through our, our Slack community at podfeed.com slash Slack. I assume you would accept uh, tweets to be Bouchats for anyone who can spell it. I Absolutely. You know, carrier <laughs> pigeon, <laughs> whatever you'd like. Yeah, I learned a lot. I, I didn't know what the heck you were talking about. It felt like it was for me. It felt like it wasn't for me. Whatever whatever feedback you can give him on on details, hopefully of like here was good and maybe this part was a little bit out of out of our league. Yeah, the particularly like actually, yeah, which bits are, is too focused on and needs to be scaled back and which bits are too are not detailed enough. I'm just like, I say one word, but actually I probably need to do a lot more than say one word. Um, okay. You can watch along on the slide deck. I'll, it'll be in the show notes. Um, it's full of warnings. Something I want to do, I think, is a good idea. Um, so when I do the real presentation, I'm going to have every piece of jargon in a different color. And that way, people will be able to Google for stuff and they'll know that this is a word Bart uses to be clear. And this is a word Bart uses because that's the actual word, which I think is a conversation we've had a few times in programming by stealth. I'm uh, right. So, which one's going to be in blue? 
The Jergens the ones that are the official. Yeah, the official ones, the Google ones. The official ones. Okay. Yeah. But I am going to sit here and stop you every time you use an acronym that you don't explain. And I'm hoping to find very few of them. Okay. But I'm sure I will. Start keeping score right here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing I'm going to start with is basically a bit of a preamble where I explain this concept of if I don't use the jargon, you can't Google anything. If I do use the jargon, I'll intimidate people. So I'm going to try to use the jargon and a bunch of playful synonyms in the hope that at least if I make it into a joke, it won't be so bad. That's my theory. <laughs> okay. The case. So Laugh your way through cybersecurity. <laughs> I hope so, actually, because then you'll remember. Yeah, right, right, right. So my starting point for, for both my talk, for the promotion and for this mug talk is the reality that if you're not into tech, tech is bloody confusing. It's... Like you turn around and there's a headline and then the next day there's another one and the next day there's another one and it's all changed and it's all new and it's all big words and it 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 feels like a chaotic onslaught that doesn't stop. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. I, I think it feels that way for everybody. Right. So how do you make sense of something that's this churning chaotic mess? Well, the key thing is that if you zoom out there are actually some things that don't change. And so they're your starting point for understanding, and then you roll them forward. And whether you're a goodie or a defender or a baddie, a threat actor in the jargon, you will have a driving motivation. And from that motivation, that's going to lead to some strategic goals, which don't change very much. And those strategic goals are going to involve into tactics, which do change, and you're going to implement those tactics with actual technology. And that changes all the bloody time. So your motivations don't change. Your strategic goals might change a tiny bit. Your tactics will evolve over time and your techniques are just forever changing. So that's sort of my concept of how you put some sense on this. So that's where we're going to start with those motivations. That makes sense? Well, are you talking about the my motivations as Allison sitting in front of my chair or the bad actor's motivation in trying to attack me? Well, so I want to talk about the motivations of the goodies and the baddies. So your so motivation both. is to stay safe. So yeah, definitely both. Keep definitely my both. money. Keep my privacy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but I do actually want to start by saying, well, who are the goodies? Right? Because you're not on your own. Right? You obviously want to stay safe, but you're not on your own because there's a bunch of security researchers out there who are trying to protect you. There's a bunch of people selling you security products and services trying to protect you. There's a bunch of watchdogs keeping an eye on things. There's a bunch of advocacy groups. And let's be honest, every family has that kid who keeps everyone's computers and phones and tablets going. And you're going to take that line out right there, Bart, because it's the grandmother who's doing it in my family. I wouldn't assume it's a kid. And Mac user groups are not filled with children. So the audience is, (laughs) I will give you feedback right there. There we go. I've just typed. Kid as a, as a full-on gr- grandmother. You'll say kid slash grandmother. Uncle. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. I love dot, dot, dot. Person. It would. Person, Person would work. That's playful. That's <laughs> playful, though. Accurate. Um, so, us goodies, and I'm going to very clearly nail my... I have no problem nailing my colors to the best. I want to be a goodie. Um, in... In the jargon of the industry, we are interested in the CIA triad, which sounds like some sort of cross between a spy agency and a ninja star. But it's actually confidentiality, keep things secret that should be secret, 
integrity, stop or at least detect anyone changing stuff that shouldn't be changed, and availability. If I'm supposed to have access to it, I'm supposed to be able to get to it. So believe it or not, the entirety of cybersecurity is generally speaking distilled down into CIA. Keep it secret if it should be. Don't let it get broken and make sure I can get to it. Everything is about those three things. So what do we want to know about the baddies? Well, the first question is, who are they? Who, who, Who actually is out there being mean? Why are they being mean? How well resourced are they? Uh, Are they looking for a quick, you know, a snatch and grab? Or are they looking to burrow in and hide for a long time? Uh, And are they looking for specific targets? Like, are they out to get Allison, Or are they out to get anyone? Because that's actually very different. I think this. I think this section is is good because I often hear people thinking, saying, "Well, I de- I didn't click on it, and therefore that that strategy of that particular phishing attack didn't work." And it does work if you send it out to a million people and eight people click it, and you get a hundred thousand dollars each out of their bank accounts. Yeah, and the reason is because it's almost free to send an email. Technically speaking, you're probably renting a VM somewhere, so maybe it costs you one millionth of a penny. Right, But it's effectively free. So if only one in a thousand people click on it, you win. Well, and and the tightness of the focus uh, between specific targets and a scattershot kind of approach of of phishing emails, that's important context when you're explaining security problems to us that we hear about on the news, right? If it's, if it's, there've been, there was a vulnerability on the iPhone, but it was, it was being used very definitely as a targeted attack for, uh, you know, dissidents and uh, and reporters. And if you weren't in that collection, at least this was something you probably didn't have to worry about. But this one over here, that they're just going after everybody. And and understanding yeah. the tightness of the focus, depending on what kind of a thing it is, having that being mindful of which kind it is tells you whether or not you need to take action. Is that right? It does. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And there's also the added little extra. So most of us are regular folk, but if you're if you know you're special because you're the CEO of a major multinational company, or maybe not the CEO, maybe just someone leading a really cool research group, right? Or maybe you were born in a country with a government that hates you and you've run away, they might not be happy that you've run away. You might say things they don't like. So you actually might have a real crosshairs on you, even though I don't, that I'm aware of. Uh, I don't think you do either. You know, so I think it's kind of important to know that to know whether or not we're normal in not special. I'm not sure if which of those sounds that more insulting. Sorry, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're not normal, or you're not special. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. And then the really important question is: How does all of this? How does it matter to me? Right. And so this is the point where the two presentations completely diverge because that last line on that slide said: How does this intersect with education? Well, we don't care about education. We care about us regular folk. Now, the universe of bad guys, baddies, universe of baddies, is the same for everyone, right? The universe is the universe. And the security industry breaks the universe into six categories, which seems a bit reductive, but this is the six we've chosen. So you have countries. And you're probably thinking that doesn't apply to you. I can hear you thinking it. Because for most of us, that's true. But some countries 
are sanctioned, therefore, they are effectively cyber criminals because they can't make money legitimately, so they have to go steal it. So they actually are interested, not in you, Alison, but in anyone. Do you have money? Then you're a target for, for the Koreans. Or they're not just the Koreans, but they're, they leap to the top of the mind immediately. North, North Koreans. I always get it mixed up. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I just want to be generic against Korea. We, we like those people. Um, well, you people. could also look at it from the perspective uh, as as a country. I was I was talking to um, can't remember who it was, but I was talking about how I got rid of my wise cams because the, that are inside my house because of how badly they handled security, and so I replaced mm. them with Eufy cams, which are owned by Anchor, which is a Chinese owned company. Oops. And now you're going, oh, have I just put a back door into my house to a government I have issues for, with? For yeah. a nation state, right. As it turns out, I put them in Apple's HomeKit, uh, secure HomeKit video. Is that the right so phrase? So you balance I the have risk the words out. Out order. Right, it balance yeah. the risk back out for the internal cameras. Yeah. But, but so, I, you know, I think that's, a, that's an example of where I think everybody can look at a country as, as a, a threat actor. Yeah. So on the whole, you know, if you pick him in, in the generic case, espionage, propaganda, sabotage, even cyber warfare, and fundraising, right? So they're politically motivated, lots and lots of resources. They like to sneak in and hide for a long time, and they're very tightly targeted. The next group are even, uh, we all hate this next group, terrorists. Mm. Purely ideologically motivated, and they're really interested in intimidating people, recruiting fellow scumbags. And uh, stealing money, basically, to fund their scumbaggery. So, unfortunately, they're well-resourced. They will have specific targets, but they also will just go after anyone, because do you have money? We keep, we keep coming back to that question, don't we? Do you have money or anything else of value? Then we would like it, please. Which sums up our cyber criminals very, very, very well. This, it's just, they're Ferengi. Right? If you watch Star Trek, cyber criminals <laughs> are the Ferengi. They don't really care how, they don't care from who, they just want profit. Your hacktivists then are an interesting crowd because they're ideologically driven as well, but they, they're, they're out, they've got to be in their bonnet about something. And I think this is probably the category that's least likely to affect regular folk, uh, but actually most likely to affect like companies and stuff because they're looking for a high profile target to make a point, right? They effectively want to take something over to put a giant big banner on it saying these naughty people were hurting rabbits or, you know, these people are sponsoring a country that's doing something horrible or these people are destroying the oceans with oil or something, right? Be bonnet something. But I think for us home users, we very rarely come afoul of the hacktivist. The only possible exception might be that they could, you know, use our stuff to attack someone else. So it's possible. The insiders Did you then, skip over cyber criminals? No, no, I said they were the Frankie. He's just said... Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were still talking about terrorist groups when you said that. And I was, thinking, I was had my head cocked, going, "I don't remember the Frankie being there." Okay, okay. Pure cyber criminals. Yeah. Well, so yeah, the, I mean, they're the easiest the, ones. Those are the fishing, the fishing ones. Fishing, uh, ransomware, they, 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 anything that will get your money, okay. or something that will turn into money. You know, it doesn't okay. have to be direct money. It's just something that, of value. Okay. Uh, the in, the insiders I first thought wouldn't affect us, you know, regular folk, because if you're running a company, you're scared of insiders. But actually, unfortunately, it is an issue because if you're in an abusive relationship, the threat's in the house. If you have an ex who's stalking you, that's an insider threat. 
So unfortunately, it actually can affect regular folk, the insider. How is that a cybersecurity issue, though? That's not cybersecurity. Oh, well, if they're implanting spyware on your phone, that's cybersecurity. If they're trying to... Right, I mean that is a thing. That is really? absolutely a thing. You can buy you can buy malware to secret surreptitiously install on your spouse's phone to track them. That is that that is I'm really sorry to say very common. But I if think you, it's you, a lot easier ways to stalk somebody with their phone than by having to know how to install malware. Well, whether you do it by trickery by picking up the phone and you know messing about find with find my comes to mind. Right. So whether you do it by coercion or whatever, it's still, if technology is used, it still comes under the cyber banner. And it's definitely still okay. something to w- watch about. And it is something to try to protect yourself from. Um, in okay. fact, we talked about it recently when Apple added a feature into their latest operating systems to make it really easy to just revoke everything. Just unshare all. Right. Just one click. Yeah, there's it's definitely a, a, a technological solution. Yes, yes. And then the last group of people are the thrill seekers who we talked about already. Basically, they're unfortunately, I'm I'm really sorry to say they're mostly young boys, young men, and they're just showing off. And they just it's about ego, it's about fame or infamy, and it's yeah, it's less popular than it used to be, but it absolutely positively has not gone away. Um Lul Sex bring to mind, that's all quite recent. Um so let's focus in more closely on, uh, on those home users. So we already said that the nation states, they might want to suppress you if you're a critic. They want to steal stuff if they're being sanctioned. We talked about the hacktivists. I think we've covered this slide, actually, which is great. because It's much mm. more fun to do it as we go. I don't think I've left it. Oh, yeah. OK, let's focus in on those cyber criminals, because like I say, they're by far the most important. So it's obvious they want your money. But they are also perfectly happy with your cryptocurrencies because they can turn that into money. They're perfectly happy with your NFTs because they can turn that into money. They're perfectly happy to steal some information they can sell on the black market, a couple of credit card numbers, some login details to a few websites. Um, If you happen to have a cool username, that's worth a fortune on the black market. If you have like a two-letter Twitter name or something, that's that's worth an absolute fortune. They'll be delighted to steal that from you. And uh, the other thing they might just try to do is to... Don't steal your stuff, just use your stuff without your permission to go attack someone else. So they could recruit your computers or your phone or your IoT into a botnet, and you could be the source of a denial-of-service attack on a company they're trying to extort. Or you could be the source of a whole bunch of spam emails they're trying to fish people with. Or you could be, without knowing it, hosting a fake copy of PayPal out of you know your hacked webcam or something tricking people into handing over their credit card details. Okay. So you, so you could actually this also, quite You remember that beginning where you sound, said it was confusing and alarming and overwhelming? I'm now much more confused and alarmed than I was when you started talking. I feel like I, the threat is everywhere in every direction, everything I do. I think that's I'm hoping you turn a corner in the soon. middle of the conversation. I hope, yeah. I hope that's not true at the end. Uh, you know, it's okay. a roller coaster conversation, right? <laughs> okay. Um, the other thing then, so how do they, right, so we know what they want to do, we know what there is of value, so like, I think one of the most common questions you always hear is, well, why would anyone go after me? Well, Mm -hmm. right. do you have devices? Do you have money? Do you have cryptocurrency, right? Who doesn't have something of value? So unfortunately, all of us are, that's kind of the key takeaway there, and the you know, I'm going to break the tactics. Rather than getting all nerdy and techy, 
The tactics really fall into three very, very general buckets, right? I'm really generalizing here. They want to take over your accounts, they want to trick you, or they want to take over your stuff. So that's account takeovers, scams, and malware. So they, you know, t- become you. Malware is, a, you. is a method, not, a, not an end condition. E- correct, right? Your tactics and techniques are about how to get, how to achieve your strategic goals, which you've talked about, like your profit and stuff, right? We're now into the hows, right. not the whats. So but what were the other two things you said went along with malware? Account takeovers and scams, right? So if I, account if I, takeovers and scams are the end goal. No, where no, malware no, I is, take a, is over, a tool no, no. to get to. I want to take over your account so I can steal your money. I want to take over your account so I can sell your account. I want to take over your account so I can, right? The, 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 right, but the way you do that way. is... But the way you do that is with... One of the ways you do that is with malware. Malware allows you to take over... Uh, malware could include a, a, a keylogger, which allows you to get your password, my password, to my account. So sure, malware is a tool, not an end condition. The other, the other, it just seems like those are two different th- categories of stuff. They're not Taking unrelated a- because nothing is ever completely unrelated. Uh, but hopefully I took you around to my way of breaking this impossible universe apart. I'm o- actually, I'm really open to how to organize this mess. I've just, I've, I'm having a go at organizing into these three groups. Let's see how we go. So basically account takeover is, I'd like to be you for a while. Okay. So we have accounts everywhere, right? I mean, how many accounts do you have? I, 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 the last time I looked at one password, I had 400 and something. It's it's obscene, right? Some of those accounts have money in them. Some of those accounts have information in them. Some of those accounts let you do things as me. So those accounts protect things of value. That fair? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a wonderful truism that's been true since I was a little first-year undergrad in 1997. What is the easiest way to get someone's password? Ask them. Ask them. Ask them. Which is why the most common way to take over people's accounts is phishing and all its friends. So phishing was the original. Uh, Basically, you send a fake email that's designed to trick someone into doing something. And when they got fed up of doing it by email, they thought, oh, why don't we do it over SMS, which we then decided to call smishing, because SMS and phishing becomes smishing. And then someone had the bright idea to do it over voice, be it over a traditional telephone or, you know, your, your VOIP apps, your telegrams and all that stuff. And that's vishing. But it all comes down to the same thing. I'm going to communicate with you pretending to be something I'm not, and I'm going to ask you for something that you really shouldn't give me. And unfortunately, it worked really well. As we've heard a lot about in the last few weeks on the, uh, on the NoSilicast, sadly enough. Indeed. If you don't succeed in just asking people for their passwords, then you start actually attacking the password. And we all know that every five minutes we turn on the news and there's been a password breach somewhere. So that means that there exist in the world gigantic databases of username and password combinations. So a really popular technique is to just try them. So I want to get into your Facebook account, but I have a data breach of 50 million, or or, no, was it 2 billion Yahoo accounts? I I lost track of how many they lost. That was when we stopped counting. 
I remember that was, when, that is, when yes. Yahoo, we just went, okay, we're tired now. Hopefully nothing will ever beat this one. And I don't think to this date it has. I'm not aware of anything worse, but that's quite the bar. So just try them. And again, we're not trying, this isn't guaranteed to get, you know, you or me, but it's guaranteed to get someone because human mm-hmm. beings reuse passwords all the time. So it's going to get people in. And the other approach is so-called brute force. Just keep trying things until you get lucky. And people are very predictable. If Game of Thrones is on telly, using passwords based off Game of Thrones is going to get you into a lot of accounts. I oh, bet you there's a lot of Ted Lasso-based stuff at the moment, right? It is amazing how predictable we humans are when we think we're being random. We also don't and have clever. very imaginative names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pet names, birthdays, we're, we're an awfully predictable bunch, which means it's very easy to get someone. Again, you're not going to get a specific person, but that's not the point. Get someone and you're away. So taking over well, your actually, account actually, no, you. I, no, take... Take that back. There, there's a very good example of you can get a specific person. Who is the uh, famous actress who her password was the name of her dog and she had her dog oh, and like yeah. always carried her dog <laughs> Paris around? Hilton. That was Paris Hilton. Yeah, that was a very good example of a specific case. That is true. You're right. It's not, yeah, I should say it's not only specific people that it works on. It also right. just works in the general case, which you're right. It can work very specifically. Right. So becoming you is one approach the baddies take. Another approach is just tricking you. So I call it attacking the squishy organic bit, right? Mm -hmm. What's the easiest way to get someone's money? Ask them for it. So this kind of comes in two flavors. There's the quick hit and the long con. So the the quick hit pretty much always involves trying to short circuit your logic, right? We humans, we can be logical. All of us can be logical. We are also able to turn that logic off without realizing it because we are triggered. The two most common ways of making us not think is to make it seem urgent or to make us very emotional. Doesn't Hmm. matter even which emotion, right? Cranky, happy, angry, afraid. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Just make us feel instead of think. And if you can do it long enough to get us to do whatever it is you want, you've won. The fact that a minute after you click a phishing email, you know you've clicked the phishing email might be too late. You know, very common. So at the moment, really common techniques are you get an unsolicited phone call, right? You didn't ask for help for anything. Your phone just rings and says, hi, I'm from the internet support, or I'm from Microsoft support, (laughs) or I'm from Apple support, or I'm from some random bank, right? If you dial an Irish phone number and you say you're from Bank of Ireland, well, Not everyone in Ireland banks with that one bank. It's a real bank, by the way. But you know something? Quite a few people do. So if you try that 10 times, you're going to get a Bank of Ireland customer. And then you really could be away. And that's an example of where you would likely use fear, right? Right. There's a problem with your account. Yeah, or did you mean to transfer 100,000 to that Saudi Arabian account? Mm-hmm. Oh, we should stop that. Well, if you can just give me a quick adva- 100 euro processing fee, I'll put that, I'll take care of that 500,000 euro transaction for you. Oh, that's a great bargain, isn't it? 100 euro not to lose a, you know, half a million. Great. Thanks. No. Another emotion, another emotion that uh, has been used is our innate goodness that we want to help people. The, the classic Nigerian prince. 
right? And it, right. it sounds funny that people would give money to the Nigerian prince situation, but but we are inherently good people, generous people who want to help others. So somebody who's in distress of some sort, I need a $100 gift card because I've got to do blah, 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 and I need your help. Yeah, you've just reminded me of one. I'm literally just adding another bullet point that depresses me no end. But a very common example is whatever the most recent tragedy is in the news, key off Oh, that. right, right. Mm. If it's a hurricane so the, or a A, a hurricane has or, happened, an earthquake, or the war in Ukraine, flood. or floods. The, yeah, you name it, right? And they just pretend, to, oh, we're looking for help with blah, blah, blah. It's horrible, mm-hmm. horrible, horrible. But unfortunately... That happens. But that's so, the back to your trying to keep it at an overarching thing. It's it's going for emotion. So how do you protect yourself from that, though? If we are uh, as as humans, we are fearful, generous, kind. I think it's right. But the thing to bear in mind is if they're trying to get you to do something quickly, always stop and think when there's a sense of urgency. Is there really a sense of urgency? It's, well, if you've if got he, my money, that's urgent. Right? That's why those work. It is why those work. But if you know they're trying to trick you, then you're going to start asking questions like, who are you again? Would but you but, but remember, ur- urgency is what, the emotion is what overrides the knowing they're going to, trying to trick me. If I already know they're trying to trick me, I just hang up. Right. That is also true. But it is, you are mo- there is no defense that's guaranteed. But if you know that people try to play your emotions, you have mm-hmm. way more of a chance than if you don't. <laughs> so, so if I could just if I could just learn not to react to my own emotions as a general human growth opportunity, I'd be in a much better place all across the board. I have, I'm 64 years old and I'm not there yet. <laughs> or even notice it within a few minutes so you don't go too far down the rabbit hole. Right? Every minute sooner that logic reasserts itself is a minute better. And right. you've told stories on the show about, you know, friends and family who told you, hey, Microsoft rang me up and I knew it was a scam and I told them to go pound sand. And I, my mo- I was never so present when my mum said, yeah, they tried to scam me on the phone. They said they were calling from apples. I told them, you know, you aren't. And I hung up on them. <laughs> yes. Well done. Right. So I, I got one of those PayPal scams it? recently that, that uh, said that I owed, I, I was being charged $400 or whatever it was. And I, and I, I sort of felt like calling them, just, <laughs> just chewing up a couple hours of their time. You know, I'm retired. I got time. I could make that, that happen. Is, that is actually that, something people have done. Oh, yeah. But this, so for that two hours, they're not torturing somebody else who might give them money. So I've, it's, right. it's would be might be joyful i was so mad one of the fake microsoft calls came to the house once and steve took the call i was so mad at him i wanted him to say oh my wife handles the this stuff (laughs) at the moment in ireland it's amazon prime it's a robotic voice saying hi this is amazon prime we'd like to talk to you about the renewal we just put through (laughs) i don't think so good day um and then the other one unfortunately is the long con which in the past, this used to be difficult because it involves effort, right? If you're going to spend a month or even half a year trying to con someone, you need to be sure that they're a high-value target, right? To be honest, you're looking for a rich elderly person. And it used to be the case that that involved so much time and effort that you would only go after people you knew had a lot. Unfortunately, hmm. AI is now good enough that if you take AI to do 90% of the work and then hand over to a human when things are looking good, 
you can now pretty much oh. automate romance the scams. long part. Yeah, romance scams. Have, oh, really? romance scams. Like I listened to. There was a guy interviewed on a podcast who researches psychology. Who found out six months in that his Russian girlfriend was a bot? Six wow. months. Wow! And he's an expert on this stuff. It could, right. That is where we have good on him for are. having confessed that. Yeah, and I mean, it told it was, the community, it, it, right? Exactly. I believe it was an episode of Cautionary Tales, so <laughs> which lived up to the name pretty well. Um, is that a podcast or a TV show? Is what a, is that? It is a podcast from my favorite British economist of all people, um, Tim uh, Tim Harford. Um, it is generally speaking entertaining, but there is always a moral. There is you hmm. always learn something while having fun on cautionary tales. It hmm. is not always happy, happy, joy, joy, but there is always a message. There's always something useful to take away. So we've had become you. We've had trick you. The next one is turn your tech evil. Make your technology work against you, which is really what malware is, right? It's, it's a catch-all term for malicious software. It's just a portmanteau. Malware. Malicious software. So if the attacker has to trick you into installing it, we call it a Trojan. It just means that it can't install itself. It needs to trick you first. If it can spread by itself, we call it a virus. And if it can spread by itself across the internet, we call it a worm. But ultimately... It's software that's trying to do evil. It's a really general term. And the evil sort of falls into two buckets. Trying to bleed away your resources or trying to actually steal something from you. So botnet building is really important to an awful lot of baddies. Because those botnets allow them to go after major corporations or they allow them to send... You know, those million spams. Remember we said you send a million spams and you get, you know, 1% back. Well, so how do you send those million spams without them getting, you know, blocked? If you if you use one computer, it'll be blocked instantly. Don't use one computer. Use 20,000 webcams and just build them how up. How can a, a webcam button. send emails? Well, the thing is most web... Wait, okay, so any of these... Do they have web servers in them? and things? Well, they, um, almost all of these things have Linux in them. So if they don't have a web server in them yet, you can push one into it once you've taken it over. Hmm. You can write a web server in about 5K. Right? The HTTP protocol is stupendously tiny. It's basically but most home re- users, uh, most home user uh, ISPs don't allow you to run mail servers. No, but a lot of the, that is, which is why the denial of service is becoming more popular than just sending the spam. Because the reason your ISPs don't let you do that is because that was happening too much. So that right. is becoming less popular, but yeah. it is also the case that you can you can also route it through VPNs and stuff. So you can make the the, the hacked little you know camera in the corner use a VPN to sneak out, and then the ISP doesn't know what it's doing; it's just doing a something. But you know the other thing is denial of service means asking for a web page. It's actually completely innocent. The thing is, if you ask for the same web page a million times in a second, it becomes the opposite of innocent. It becomes utterly catastrophic, unless you're Google. And so an awful lot of the attacks these days are you extort the shop around the corner. You know, a mom and pop web shop that sells homemade flower arrangement and they, they need, you know, 50 customers a week to make, to make their living. 
And if you bombard their website with 100 requests a second, you destroy their livelihood. And then but how does that allow them. you to... S- then you just extort them. You say, I can make this stop so that you can make your money again. Send me a thousand Okay, so that, that's not about botnets. But the botnet is a mechanism for extorting someone else. So a lot of the times that us regular folk are used is we're basically a means to another end. Really common to use us as a way of attacking something bigger. And that's where the botnet building comes in. We're not the hmm. end. We're the means. Or rather, our technology, our devices are the means. We're just, okay. we're just innocent victims, right? We're just useful. Useful to the baddies. The other way, they can just still take terrified over us, and overwhelmed. Bart, just just good, giving you a little update here. Okay, good, good. <laughs> we're, we're still in the what what the bad guys are up to phase, right? The other thing is just take your RAM and CPU and mine cryptocurrency with it. Basically, make your phone really hot, run through all of its battery, and use all of that energy to make money for someone else, or have your computer just churning away in the background making money for someone else. Another really popular one is ad fraud. Basically, inject ads of your choosing into everything someone else does on the web, and all of those ad impressions make money for the baddies. Or Sorry, I'm just trick- remembering when Verizon did that to its uh, phone customers, started putting ads, interstitial ads, in between in the content. <laughs> Sometimes it's really hard to tell the difference between some corporations <laughs> and cyber criminals. <laughs> it's it's yeah. often disappointingly difficult to tell the difference. And then the other one is trick your computer into loading ads you never even see. It just eats up your, particularly your phones, this is a problem because it chews through your bandwidth. If if you have an ISP that doesn't give you much bandwidth and your phone is downloading ads all the time to make money for the bad guys. Baddies. Gosh, Garnet, I was doing so good. Um, That's obviously not good either. So that's sort of leeching off you. But of course, stealing stuff is kind of what baddies like to do. So if I can run some software on your computer... Well, if I sit there and if my software sits there and waiting until you visit your bank's website, I'll just change some things that you think you typed into a form. You think you clicked a button to transfer that those funds to your credit card, but actually you've just transferred it to the baddies. Or you've opened up your crypto wallet because you want to buy a cool NFT, and now, well, you've opened up your crypto wallet, oh look, all of your cryptocurrency and all of your NFTs are now mine. Or you're having great fun in World of Warcraft and you have spent months building up all of these really valuable in-game items that are actually worth real money. Well, now they're all on my character, not on your character. Good day. This is malicious software can just do things, you know, it watches for you and then steps in and diverts it. Really common. Okay. Are we going to get to the part about what we can do about this? We are. At some point. Remember I said, okay. remember, remember I said there were three categories where we're on the third bucket. Okay. And this is, you're nearly there. You're nearly there. The other thing is ransomware. I take your valuable data, that photo of your kid, I encrypt it, and then I say, give me money or you never see your photo again. That's terrifying. Or we just steal your data and sell it on the dark web. And the other really annoying one is that they pretend to have some sort of compromising information. They pretend to have prefeited something awful and demand hush money. This is spectacularly popular because they take stolen passwords and then they email you saying, we know your password, and they really do. And then they say, and we have proof that you have X horrible thing. 
and we'll tell everyone if you don't give us five Bitcoin. I remember one like that going by. Yeah. A few years back. About a year or two ago, it was really popular. Mm-hmm. And then the the other thing to look out for is the wonderful buzzword lateral movement, which is what you were hinting at earlier, right? You do one thing, but that's not your end goal. You then use that to enable you to do something else, to enable you to do something else, to enable you to do something else. And the, the fancy pants term for that is lateral movement. And the three things to look out for are your email accounts, because that's where password resets go. So step one of many, many horrible things is take over your email address. Another one, very similar reasons, is your cell phone account. Take over your SIM card, or rather, put a different SIM card on your cell phone number. And then all of those two-factor authentication codes go to the baddies instead of you. And then the other one is take over IoT devices to go do anything you like, because lots of IoT devices are A, insecure, B, connected to the internet, and three, inside the house. That A, is, B, three? <laughs> did you do that on purpose? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, those they're a bad combination, whether they're ABC or 123, right? Insecure, connected to the internet, and inside your house. That means it's the wrong side of your router. That is not good. Okay, I hope to goodness you're properly terrified now. That's all I've got so far. Yeah, and you also have an understanding of what they're trying to do, who they are, what they're trying to do, and, uh, you know, the the tactics they're using to try to do it. So how do you keep yourself safe? I did a load of research on cybersecurity stuff, and the thing that made me happier than anything else was Microsoft's most recent digital defense report, which has the headline, Basic Security Hygiene Still Protects Against 98% of Attacks. So we we hear about these really advanced things, like when Jeff Bezos was hacked with a zero day, that was really advanced, and that's really scary. But there's only one Jeff Bezos. Most of the time, do the easy stuff, and you're fine. That's achievable. We can do that. So, do that, right? You don't have to outrun the bear. You just have (laughs) to not be the slowest. So, I break this down into two ideas. The human factors and the technology thing. So, in terms of the human factors, ever-present vigilant. You know there are baddies. You know what they want. You know they're trying to trick you. So, know that. Right? Be extra suspicious if something says it's really urgent. Act now. Or if it's really pulling on your strings in some way. If it's making you really cranky, you're really happy, you're really sad, or really (laughs) something. Be a little suspicious. And don't believe stuff from sources you haven't verified. So if someone phones you, pretend, you know, saying they are anything, you actually don't know who they are, right? If you phone them on a number you know, then you can have a conversation. But if they phone you, phone them back, not on the number they've told you, but on the number you know is the right number. Because then you and can take care of it urgently. It can be urgent, you can deal with it urgently, but you're initiating it to the to the known good phone number. Precisely. Or the known support email address, or the known, you know, you know that it's, you have taken the initiative, and you now know that you're talking to the right people. And that, that changes everything. Here's an example of where I did 
I did use that, and I didn't get anywhere, but it was an interesting result, was Wise sent out something saying, hey, we're really trying to push two-factor authentication. Click here <laughs> to, to turn it on. And they said, but don't worry, we're not going to ask you for your password. I didn't but click you did here. You asked me to click here. Yeah, that's the, you know, go I didn't to click our here. website. <laughs> But I went to their website. Their website said, yeah, we're really not fully doing it yet. We're going to be doing it in the future. But if you really want to, you can open up the app and you can turn it on. And I tried to do it through the app, but it didn't give me a QR code. And I said, okay, I'm out. I wonder if that was phishing email or if that was a... It, I don't think it was. I think they just did a really poor job of it. Because it took me into a screen where it said you can use Google Authenticator some Microsoft Authenticator or a third-party Authenticator. And so I clicked that and it said, okay, here's the code. Type this into your Authenticator app. That's not but it wasn't a QR works. code. But I, I do not doubt that that, but this was doing it the correct way, not clicking the link. So I think yeah. they just did a really bad job of it. Oh, the other thing that's possible though, right? If the, if the baddies know that the company has half implemented it, the baddies can key off that. Yeah, right? maybe. That, you didn't click the click here. So you don't know where the click... The click here, ironically, could have taken you to entirely functional screens. <laughs> Maybe I'll click, uh, based on, on uh, Kiwi Graham's advice, I'll click, I'll tap on it from my iPad. <laughs> yeah. Just to see where it goes. <laughs> well, that, that is actually a really good point, actually. Um, so the other... Right, so that's the human factors. Technology, right? Good password hygiene. And that is so important. I'm going to give an entire conversation on that in a moment, right? But that is really important. The other one, as anyone who listens in on a Silicast knows, patchy, patchy, patch, patch. Just keep your stuff up to date. Keep it up to date, keep it up to date, keep it up to date. Particularly to less technologically adventurous folk, right? You, you and I and many of the Nacillacastaways probably don't fall into this bucket, but most of the people in our lives do. If you're not into tech, stay on the beaten path. Stick to apps that have been recommended to you by people you actually trust. Stick to software and hardware that is actually known about, as opposed to brand you've never heard of for a price that doesn't make any sense. That's like a quarter of what everyone else says it's worth. You know, stick. You mean to don't buy cheap path. TVs because they're actually on uh, collecting your personal data. <laughs> that would be a really good. That's example. what everybody does. That's what everybody yep. does, though. Look, it's got yep. it's got uh, Roku built in and Apple TV built in, and I could just put it on the internet. Yeah. The other really obvious thing is avoid actually partaking in cybercrime like piracy, and avoid stuff like jailbreaking, which is basically hacking your own devices. Because literally, there be dragons. That is just a road you do not want to go down. A pirated version of of uh, Photoshop probably has some unwanted baggage that came along for the ride like that don't go on the dark parts of the internet they're dark <laughs> there be dragons stay away if you're running an operating system that's not one of these locked down ones like ios or you know, so, you know our phones in general even android's pretty locked down unless you intentionally open it up if you're running one of the old-fashioned operating systems where you can do anything like windows or mac it's probably time to run an av unless you're a power user I think the Nacilla Castaways is 50-50. You really think that? You really think that? I think most I mean, my, people Windows comes with Microsoft should. Defender, right? So Correct, it's already built exactly. in for them. Correct, so you don't have yes. to tell them to do that. Make sure it's on. Right? 
So Who's yeah, those? I should update the slide. No, you're right. And in my mind, I had actually meant to make the point that the built-in stuff is fine. Which I yeah, I'll add that in because that you're dead right. That's exactly the point I well, want to agree. So the built-in stuff on uh, macOS, it isn't Microsoft Defender, but there's a lot of uh, th- protections in there for us right now. You still think you you want to tell the audience to put AV on their Macs and on their Windows machines? I'd be inclined to do it for family. Have you? No, because it involves spending money. So it's still in the (laughs) 51%, 49% bracket. But yeah. yeah, So consider is the right word, but. Consider. Yeah. I'm not making a strong statement, but I I do think it's a a discussion to have with friends and family, you know, whoever you're supporting. Uh, The other thing then is minimize your attack surface, which is a little bit of jargon there. If you don't need it, don't have it. Right. You and I install 20 million things to see which is coolest, right? But again, we're power users. We know, well, we kind of mostly know what we're doing. <laughs> and still get anyway. caught. Yeah. But like, if you're, if you're a regular user, if you don't use it, turn it off. If you don't need it, uninstall it. Like, the more stuff that's lying around, the more stuff can get you. You know, if you stuck something on your network, there was a camera that you thought would let you see your dog while you were away and it doesn't work. Unplug it. Take it away. Don't mm-hmm. just leave it there. You know, the, the less I was just thinking about better. that yesterday. I've got a Google Home sitting on my desk. I haven't talked to it intentionally in probably eight months. Wow. Hold, hold please. <laughs> I'm going to unplug it right now. Blink. <laughs> Keep talking to the audience. Keep talking to the audience. Okay, well, the last slide I have is uh, good password hygiene, because it's kind of important, right? Yay! I I just showed him the uh, the plug. With no electricity. (laughs) There is no possible electricity there. I mean, I still want to play with it from time to time, but why is it just sitting there? Yeah, right? Minimize the attack surface. Always better. So... The first piece of advice is to always use strong passwords. They have to be long and really let the computer make them up because we humans are far too predictable. Remember the Game of Thrones comment earlier. Never, ever, ever reuse a password. Now, the only way to do those two things is to do this third thing. Get a password manager. I do not know of any other way to square that circle. Strong passwords, don't reuse them. Get a password manager. Whenever possible, Actually, a good idea to simplify your life by using a trusted single sign-on provider. And Apple, to me, are king of the hill here because they don't have an ulterior motive to be your single sign-on provider. Sign in with Facebook. It is secure, but it's not private. Facebook do have an ulterior motive. Sign Pardon, in with I Google can count is a the number of times I've seen sign-on with Apple in, on two digits of my left hand. I never see sign-on with Apple. I, I'm I, mean, I know it exists. It now. I'm beginning to see it now. Adobe are offering it for stuff, um, which is a, actually, it's a big deal, actually. Um, if I was Shouldn't we just go straight to passkeys? Please, I hope so, uh, which is the next point to make, right? So if you can use SSO, great. But right, really, we're looking towards multi-factor and or passwordless. So a password plus something comes in lots of different flavors. You'll hear people talk about 2FA or two-factor authentication. Apple used to call it two-step verification, just to be different. And nowadays, you'll hear this fancy pants term, multi-factor authentication. Bottom line is, it's your password plus something else. 
And anything, any plus something else is better than no plus something else, right? So if the choice is between any sort of MFA, 2FA, 2SA, anything's better than nothing, so take it. If you're given a few choices, any of your choices are better than SMS. And if you're given lots of choices, if one of them doesn't require you to type into a web browser, it's better. And the reason I say that is because if you have to type it into a web browser, it's prone to phishing. You may not notice the URL is wrong. And then you could be typing the code into a phishing portal and they can use that code in real time. And that is now available as a service. As a bad as a baddie, you can pay someone to sit there in real time and intercept these codes and use them, break into people's bank accounts and stuff. It's really annoying. So ideally speaking, if it doesn't involve typing, it's even better. But Alison, you, you gave it away. The future we're all hoping for is so-called passwordless, which is basically using strong cryptography. So work might buy you hardware tokens. They're called FIDO2 tokens. Realistically, though, Apple have fully bought into passkeys. Microsoft are in the process of buying into passkeys. Google are in the process of buying into passkeys. By the time I give this talk to a mug next year, it may even be true to say that passkeys are it. But passkeys are where we want to get to because the squishy organic bit is out of the picture. It's just really good cryptography keeping us safe. And that's what we want. Easier and more secure. Thank you. I saw passkeys on Best Buy's website and I tried to use it, but it didn't do it like I thought it would. I still had to log in with my credentials. Did it so not, then add a passkey for future? Logins? But the next time I went back, I had to put in my credentials. So I got to I got to give it another try it and take some screenshots and see see if I can figure out why it's not working. Yeah, but that's not that is not expected behavior. <laughs> right, right. That's supposed to be passwordless. Please enter your password. Is a very bad implementation of passwordless. It seemed like. Uh, it. Yeah. So okay. So I am breaking out. Right. So that's the end of my. Uh, what I think is a good presentation. Some obvious points that I'm thinking to myself, what if what if I give this presentation and it doesn't go long enough? Can I have a few bonus extra slides in reserve? And so my thinking is I could have some slides on, you know, software recommendations in reserve. Or maybe a useful thing to do would be to describe to people how domain names work. Because if you want to spot phishing, knowing that randomgibberish.com forward slash paypal.com is a phishing site only makes sense if you know what a domain looks like. So maybe that's a useful slide. And a similar, you know, how do I know really important address dot paypal.com at some other domain.com is a phishing address because the PayPal's on the wrong side of the at. So maybe that's a good slide. So actually, also, actually hovering over you, text. Alison, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, if you are, I've already got a list of things I've been writing down, uh, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to completely uh, change the audience's view. Um, yeah, I think mm -hmm. that that's a good one. And, and within that category, I would also do the uh, hover over text. Oh, that's a really good suggestion. Yes, that's a to add, if, if you do that one, putting that in there to say, hey, th but you don't know what hovering over the text means. The answer to that means unless you understand how an, what an address should look like. Actually, those three together work very well, don't they? Because email addresses key off domain names, domain names key off domain names, and the hover text only makes sense when you've had those two conversations. I like it. Right. I like it a lot. Right, right. Yeah. I like that I better that than would... software suggestions because they go stale. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. There's still Ish. some value to be done in that too. 
You also know for a fact that as soon as you say questions, please, the first question will be, so what password manager do you use? <laughs> right. So being prepared for that is, is definitely yeah. one to go with. But but I think you've got a broad perspective that, that you don't have a religious objection to, uh, to other password managers. You have a religious yeah. objection to not using a password manager. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. Yeah. No, so they're all grand. I just happen to like one password, but last pass is fine like not just fine it's good right. uh, um, yeah yeah now how soon is the presentation bart uh march 29th march march 29th <laughs> oh good gracious bart you st- <laughs> yeah i, did, well, I had I did an a, idea but bart I and did i had to talk, say yes i did a talk on uh wednesday night at seven o'clock i started preparing at five I couldn't do it. <laughs> well, no, I, I no, you, that's right. I could and do I rocked it, but it. I prefer to do it this way. Good yeah, f- five months of it. Well, it was it was to present some of my Mac Tiny tips. So I've already written the blog posts about them. I've already talked about them on the show, and I've already done a video for Screencast Online about it. But I, what I didn't You've do done ahead your preparation. of time, yeah, right? But what I didn't do was there's like a hundred of them now. I didn't pick which ones until. 10 minutes, or, you know, a couple hours before the uh, the thing started. And I really should have started that sooner. <laughs> well, but yeah, it, I, it's an audience that knows me and and uh, we had a lot of fun and it, it came off pretty cool. good. So Cool. Excellent. All right. So people have plenty of time to listen to this is what I was worried about is you'd go, yeah, it's on Monday. <laughs> yeah, no, no. No, but I did actually have to give, uh, give a, I, I need to finalize the topic a little bit sooner than that. So if this is a terrible idea, if this was a disaster, let me know soon. If it's not a disaster, there's no hurry. But if this is a terrible idea, if I'm about to make an idiot of myself, I'd like to know soon. <laughs> well, you do have some time to work it out. It's October, Bart. <laughs> no, no, but I, the, 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 uh, the, the, the schedule will be finalized before the, uh, before the start of the year. So it'll be published. So I need to know what okay. I'm going to be talking about by the end of the year. Okay. Okay. But, well, this was yeah. this was fun. Uh, you did scare me sending me PowerPoint, but uh, but I think I, I I'm okay. I'm I'm gonna try to get Excuse past me. that. I still don't like it. I yeah, but it is still the most useful way to give a presentation. Disagree one thousand <laughs> percent. It is the worst way to give a presentation. I and I and it's not PowerPoint. PowerPoint keynote slides are bad. Slides are bad. They're not good. They, they, they've uh, been proven to reduce learning and knowledge. And they're good for handouts afterwards. That's my opinion. But that's my opinion. <laughs> I can send you sources that support my opinion, of course. I, I have seen people do amazing things with not slides. And I have in awe of them. And I have no idea how to start doing that. I, or as I have succeeded in being interesting with a slide deck. I I've also succeeded in being really uninteresting in a slide deck. I, I, you know, I have failed miserably with the slide deck, but I have genuinely succeeded with slide decks. So I'm going to tell a story I know I've told you, and I've probably told the audience, but I just love it. Is is uh, my organization was going to have a uh, uh, an event where each of the directors was supposed to stand up and give a talk. And there were too many directors for the size of the organization. There were like six of them for 300, 200 people. It was a ridiculous organization. But anyway, my boss was going to have to fly out from Arizona to give the, uh, the talk. And she asked me if I would do it instead. And I said, sure. I said, how much time do you get? And she said, six minutes. I said, all right. 
So I get contacted by the consultant they hired who says that I need to turn in my slides up to, it was something like two or three weeks ahead of time. And I said, what do you mean slides? I wasn't going to do slide. Why would I do slide for a six minute talk? And and they were like, and I thought the guy was going to cry. He was going to get fired if I didn't send him slides. So I sent him a slide. And I, I, so many people, yeah, really, so many people came up to me afterwards and said it was the best presentation and they really enjoyed it. And could I talk more often afterwards? Fantastic. I'm curious what you did send them. Was it like Alison Sheridan, name of department? Slide two, questions. <laughs> yeah, no, it just, I think it had three bullets on it, maybe four. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like slides. But well, six minutes, six minutes is, yeah, that's, that's very oh, once time. Twice a month, I stood up in front of my organization of 170 people, and I talked for roughly 45 minutes, and I never made slides for those either. So it can be done. <laughs> Sorry, this is for the listeners. So I was afraid that my dessert might be burning. But I, just got a, I just got a message from my darling beloved. So when I said I turned the oven on, I turned the oven light on. <laughs> so All right, you go be 20 hungry. minutes from now. <laughs> All right. Oh, good. dear. Well, okay. this was fun, Bart. And uh, I'm sure we will get feedback. Excellent. I appreciate it. And uh, the people in the mug will appreciate it, too, because they will get an even funner presentation. By the way, I hope, you, I hope it was actually genuinely fun, Alison, because I know you were afraid that this wouldn't work. I always enjoy talking to you, Bart. Okay. Phew. Phew, phew, phew. I'd like one. Okay. Right, folks, until next time. Do I say stay patched or do I say... I think it's got to be patching. <laughs> Stay patched so you stay secure and have lots of happy computing. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the Nocilla Castaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other Nocilla Castaways. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed. <laughs>